Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expediters Podcast, where you can hear about front-of-mind topics in the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today is the penultimate episode of our series on digital solutions. For this one, we'll be focusing on less-than-truckload transportation and how empowering small shippers with a digital platform will give them a fighting chance for capacity. My guest today is Max Locke, the director of Coho within Digital Solutions here at Expediters. Max, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Yeah, how have things been with you lately? Yeah, it's exciting times in the industry. Um, everyone seems to have something to ship, and uh, we're just trying to keep up with uh, kind of the the changing landscape of what's happening in logistics. It's uh, been kind of a crazy year, uh, and I'm sure we'll be getting into plenty of that uh, later in this discussion. But uh, for starters. I said Coho, and I haven't really told anyone what it is right now. Could you explain to us what Coho is? What does it do? Yeah, so Coho is uh, an online platform that's particularly targeted towards small and mid-sized shippers mm-hmm. uh, to help automate and all the processes around uh, less than truckload or LTL freight. So mm-hmm. everything from quoting, booking, tracking, managing, accessing documents, uh, dealing with exceptions that come up. We have a self-service online platform that uh, empowers businesses to manage everything and anything related to less than truckload shipping. Coho has kind of an interesting history because you are the one who built Coho, but this comes from a interesting situation that you had some years ago. Could you talk a little bit about your background and how eventually you became part of Expediters? Yeah, so uh, I'm still relatively new to Expediters. It's been about 18 months now, but prior to that, I uh, started my own company, which was really built out of the frustrations that I had as a small importer. I used mm-hmm. to manufacture paper cups in China. Uh, and the hard part about manufacturing paper cups was not actually the manufacturing. It's pretty hard to mess up a paper cup unless there's a <laughs> hole in the bottom of it. Sure, sure. The The challenging part was all of the logistics. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't know what I was doing when it came to international supply chains. And uh, I hopped around from smaller mom and pop forwarders to larger forwarders. And uh, it, it took me a long time to get the grasp of it. And being someone who is a bit younger, I thought, hey, this is crazy. I can book a small parcel shipment online. Uh, I can book an airline ticket online. I can book a hotel online. Why can't I book an ocean or air shipment online? Yeah. Uh, at the time, you know that that's what I was most uh, concerned about. And so I came up with this idea at the time. It was called uh, Fleet. Um, I pitched it to some investors back in 2014 and uh, we're was off and running. And initially, um, we were targeting the ocean and air freight market. And over time, uh, you know, our customers were asking for us to get into the domestic transportation, both mm-hmm. full truckload and less than truckload. And what we realized was that our LTL platform is just what was taking off the most. And uh, we joined Expediters back in May of 2020. Um, and you know, as part of that acquisition process, we decided, hey, let's focus on what we're best at, which is LTL freight. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, doubled down on that area. And that's what um, currently today we just focus on less than truckload freight. What about LTL was so important to the, your, your customers at the time and to customers now? Sure. So supply chains in general are very complicated. Sure. Um, international supply chains are even more complicated than uh, domestic only supply chains. Just due to the fact that you have less moving pieces in the puzzle. So on a trucking shipment, you likely only have to coordinate with that trucker. On an ocean shipment, you have to coordinate with a steamship line, customs broker, warehouses, um, truckers, kind of all of the different parties in the supply chain. And 
we, we really wanted to execute on our promise to bring automation and better efficiency to uh, this industry. And that is harder to do on the international side because each shipment is unique in its own way and it Absolutely. requires a lot more parties in the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so we started on less than truckload because one, uh, that was a big need for our, our customer base. They are either receiving goods for their manufacturing process or sending out goods to their customers. And so it was something that they did a lot more of than ocean air freight. And secondly, it was something that we feel like um, we can execute really well on in providing a much better digital experience. What would you say is really prohibitive about establishing a supply chain for small to mid-sized shippers? Yeah, so there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of nuances to supply chain and there's no training course. You know, our <laughs> sure. customers are not experts in supply chains. Sure. Um, most of them don't even have a logistics manager or mm -hmm. a full-time supply chain staff. They don't maybe know about compliance requirements or they don't know about what's going on in the industry from capacity constraints or potential accessorial charges that they might get hit with in the future. And that's a very costly lesson for uh, small to mid-sized shippers to learn because mm -hmm. there's really no way but getting thrown into the deep end where they start running some shipments and then they'll learn, oh, you know, I ran into this issue with uh, long wait times. So I got billed extra for that. Like, let's mm -hmm. see if I can change that for the next shipment. And that um, there's so many different things to learn. It's not like you just move one shipment and then you know it all. Uh, I imported many, many, many containers in my time, but I, you know, I was still learning new things every time. And I imagine that there's an aspect of infrequent shippers. They don't have enough of the demand of high volumes that a large, uh, a large shipper would have, but also they're kind of stepping into this really big world because for me, I think e-commerce plays a huge role in those smaller shippers uh, expanding and, and having a big reach, but not enough uh, capability or ability or the partnerships to to reach their their audience. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like how is e-commerce and just this infrequent shipping a challenge to smaller shippers? Well, we're also seeing a shift for these e-commerce type players because they're so used to being able to do everything online. Mm -hmm. You're they're e-commerce companies after all. They sell online uh, and they can build a website. They can have fulfillment done online. They can uh, do their digital ads online. Uh, but when it comes to shipping, especially if you're an e-commerce player that ships larger or bulkier items, that mm -hmm. process still is way more manual than we would like it to be. Uh, and so that's what we're starting to see with e-commerce shippers and why I got into Coho and, and built this platform in the first place is this idea that businesses are going more digital. They're going to be online and they expect that shipping is a natural part of that ecosystem. You mentioned something really interesting earlier was that, you know, there's no handbook. There's no there's no course. There's no lessons that to be taken in order to gain this logistics knowledge. Would you say that it's hard to access advanced logistics knowledge for smaller shippers? I think there's so many nuances to that individual company's supply chains and there's not the same predictability that a small shipper has that a larger shipper has because mm -hmm. just the sheer volume of how much they're shipping that allows them to have a much more established process. Smaller shippers don't have that to their advantage. So they might have one customer in New York and the next customer might be in LA and the next customer might be in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And each one of those deliveries is going to have its own nuances and its own 
processes and learning curve to them. But if you're a larger shipper and you've every day got 50 shipments going to Texas and New York and LA and overseas, you just have, you've built up way more knowledge and your business is larger that you can afford to have a logistics department that, you know, specializes in monitoring and, and checking on these shipments. All right, well, let's switch over to looking at LTL a lot more closely here, since that is today's topic. Uh, what would you say is going on right now in the world of domestic trucking and LTL? It's a bit of a crazy time for uh, LTL shippers today. Mm-hmm. So capacity is definitely at a premium now. Um, there's, yeah. although capacity has stayed relatively the same from the same LTL carriers are still in the market today that were in the market uh, pre-COVID. The challenge is there's just a lot more demand. Uh, you see freight that's coming in from uh, overseas, ocean freight, air freight that uh, previously may have worked its way through other networks, whether that be full truckload uh, or small parcel, that those things are going on LTL carriers. You're also seeing um, these LTL carriers get a lot more picky and uh, trying to optimize their own efficiencies because they have a lot more demand than they had before. So freight that might not be palletized or freight that is more challenging to move or more susceptible to damage, they're less interested in moving that freight because they have so much of the just standardized cargo that uh, they can can move today. Mm -hmm. Then looking out um, a little bit further, you have equipment shortages. And so, yes, the you need the equipment to physically move the freight. And if you don't have the equipment, it's not like you can just go on Amazon and purchase a new truck. Sure. You have to <laughs> order a truck and it has to be built and you need the trailers. Mm-hmm. And so that there's not an easy flip of the switch to get that into the market. Uh, and lastly, you have the driver shortages. Driver shortages is something that we've, as an industry, have talked about for, gosh, however long I've been in the industry, I feel like we've always been hearing about driver shortages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the This is also not an overnight switch. Even if you had the equipment, it's not like we have a ton of drivers that are just idling around waiting for that equipment to show up. Right. So uh, it, it is a challenge. I think COVID has definitely rearranged the workforce a little bit and people that probably brought in some new people that hadn't considered trucking in the past that probably also took people out of the market that uh, were in the trucking space pre-COVID. So it's definitely interesting times. Um, I think the the capacity is definitely probably the biggest challenge. And it also is still uh, pretty market dependent on mm. certain areas. Like if you look at Los Angeles, for example, you have a lot of imports coming in. Uh, we've seen a lot of freight that may have moved on full truckload carriers before now being broken up because the, the full truckload market is also crazy that they're trying to get a little bit more predictability with less than truckload. That's also challenging for all the shippers who are already in the less than truckload space because now, you know, more freight is entering in. But then there's also other markets that are, um, you know, not port or major metro markets mm-hmm. that are that that still have capacity because the trucks are going in there and they need something to, to put on those trucks to send out. Now, I know that we're kind of past uh, states locking down. I guess, how did like shutdowns and such impact LTL trucking? Yeah, so shutdowns had a varying degree of impact for truckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, a lot of the warehouses that are they're either picking up or receiving the goods from were considered some sort of essential business, and so they were still operating. 
chances are they might have operated at a reduced capacity. And so that meant longer times to load. Um, that meant longer times to unload as well, uh, just more congestion. And all of that kind of has a ripple effect through the network because they, uh, they're less efficient. If they're sitting more time at a, at a receiver, um, if they're going to pick up locations and the freight isn't ready yet, that can really hurt the efficiency of how many stops a driver can make per day. Uh, and then that that's capacity that they can't go back in time and, and make that truck more efficient. Mm -hmm. So uh, the lockdowns really had that kind of impact. There were no states that just shut down and said, we're not letting any trucks in. Unfortunately, you know, right. people still need goods to live. And on top of that, people were at home and buying even more things. And so that led to an even higher demand uh, for truckers. But we definitely saw um, just general whether it be labor shortages on the driver side or on the warehouse side had led to a lot um, lower efficiency levels kind of across the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now you said, you know, there's a driver shortage uh, even before the pandemic, what are the headaches or kind of um, tough situations were there um, in, in trucking before the pandemic? <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side. So looking <laughs> sure. back at it, you, you say, wow, those are really nice times where <laughs> those weren't so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. You, you book a shipment online with, pretty good reliability the truck will show up to pick it up the pretty good reliability that it'll be delivered in the estimated transit time mm -hmm. um sure there were different nuances to it and people were trying to negotiate rates but capacity was not really a part of that equation on the less than truckload side mm -hmm. uh, and so there were a lot of things to like in that kind of market the market is a lot more dynamic now uh because capacity constraints that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. We've talked about the state of LTL. Let's talk about uh, Coho, or at least kind of what a digital platform is supposed to do for these small to mid-sized shippers here. How does Coho or, or uh, services that Coho provide do for them? Like, How does it empower uh, the little guy, essentially? We do two things. One, there's the value of using uh, Coho as a platform. So we give choice many more carriers than what a small shipper might have access to on their own, or mm -hmm. just be very cumbersome to go to each carrier directly to try and establish a relationship. Uh, so we provide choice. We provide competitive rates because we're able to aggregate the volume across our whole entire network of shippers. And then also transparency. We show all of the fees, um, for accessorials, for the rates, so that customers know what they could potentially be charged if in the event that something happens, an exception happens to the shipment, but also just if the shipment goes uh, smooth and, and according to plan. That's on the value proposition side for the platform, but then there's also the more soft things that we do that uh, really empower the small shipper. So we give them the attention that they need. So if they have questions, each one of our shipments has a messaging room built into the shipment so that they mm. can share documents, ask questions, and it goes directly to our operations staff. So it really cuts out the middlemen of traditionally, they might go to a salesperson. The salesperson is just going to funnel that question to an operations person who's then going to go ask a carrier that question. And so we've tried to cut out some of those steps so that the questions go directly to the source and mm. that uh, we can get the customers the information a lot faster. The other thing we do is really try to empower them by giving them all the information they need online. So mm -hmm. shipping documents um, through our connections with the carriers, we get uh, 
as soon as the, the driver scans in that proof of pickup, proof of delivery, those documents are going into Coho's system. If you need to know where your freight is at any point in time, if you have any questions at any point in time, we empower the shipper to do that instead of you know, spending a lot of time on hold, sending countless emails. Um, it's really to put that information in the most easily accessible place uh, for the small to medium sized shipper. And so ultimately our end goal is that they just don't have to worry about it. Um, they have plenty of other things they need to worry about running their business. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to have to worry about shipping. And we want them to know that the Coho team and the Coho platform is monitoring and really helping to automate those processes. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about growth a lot these days. And I want to know if a, if a small shipper is trying to go medium or a medium trying to go large, what role does Coho play in that? Or what role does LTL trucking play in that growth? Sure. So I, I always tell my team that, uh, just because we have the best platform or we have the best rates or the best capacity, it doesn't mean that our customers are going to necessarily have something to ship. They need to have the demand and the sales and that comes first. So if someone buys their product, then they're going to have something to ship. Yeah. Uh, so we, LTL alone is not going to drive someone's business, mm-hmm. but we have seen uh, it open up. We, for example, uh, we have customers that are in the e-commerce um, space that previously they really struggled because the freight is larger than something that could go through a small parcel network, but they just weren't familiar with how do I get this into my customer's hands? Mm -hmm. They might not have a forklift at the receiving location. They might not have a loading dock. How do I, how do I handle these shipments? Um, and before maybe I split up a bunch of packages and sent it through a small parcel network, but that just, that isn't very efficient option. And so we've allowed businesses like that be able to scale um, and really just cut out a lot of those headaches where they can ship one pallet with all the stuff on it instead of having to um, try and take their freight and fit it into a network like Small Parcel that just wasn't built for that. I'm still I'm still hung up on this. Yeah, you're right. There is no handbook. So then if there's no handbook out there for people who are trying to get into LTL, what would you say were, I guess, and this could be lessons that you've learned too. What would you say are like the absolute crucial things or some really important things to understand in order to be a successful shipper? Sure. So nobody likes surprises. I would say the number the the first lesson. (laughs) Only on my birthday. (laughs) In the Coho handbook for LTL um, is to know what it takes to get an accurate quote for a shipment because, Mm you don't want to get hit with a rebill down the line after the shipment is already delivered. It's just an awkward situation for everyone because Mm. you've already charged your customer. You can't really go back for more. Um, and so you want that predictability. So I would say it's very important first to learn, um, the origin and destination locations, what kind of locations are they? Are they, do they have a loading dock? Do they not have a loading dock? Um, do they have a forklift? Is it going to be a very long time to load them? Because, in the past, you could. There were shippers that could get by with maybe not booking a lift gate um, at a pickup or, or receiver location. But the carriers have gotten a lot more automated, and they catch these things. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be more expensive to to get hit with that charge down the road. I would say the other uh, very common thing that we see shippers have to learn is around freight classes. So the LTL industry is a little bit unique that we have a freight class system that's primarily based off of density, but Mm -hmm. also has a whole book of exceptions um, by the National Motor Freight Transportation Association that that publishes the, the freight class guide. And so I would get very familiar with what your products are. Coho has some great uh, educational material online. Um, 
on our website that if you look up the item or even if you ask Toho for help in classifying those items, mm -hmm. that can cut down on a lot of rebuilds because it's based off of the density of the goods, but there's also you know a, a book of thousands of exceptions to that based off of the commodity. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get those things right, you're already a good chunk of the way there in um, you know, that first initial steep learning curve that there isn't a handbook for. Sure. Uh, and you're already going to avoid a majority of the rebuilds that could potentially get thrown at you. I think the big conversation when it comes to LTL uh, is, well, two things. One is over the road versus intermodal. So there's a lot of carriers now because of the driver shortages that they're mm -hmm. running more of the freight on the uh, rail. So on the intermodal carriers, and they're just taking the trailers, putting it on the rail carriers, and then getting to the destination. Mm -hmm. The downside to this is uh, it takes a lot longer and has a lot less predictability. And you have a lot of ocean freight that's also moving on the rail. So uh, we're now competing with capacity for, for that freight. Um, you know, at the origin and destination container yards, they also have to be picked up and moved. So uh, that adds some complexity. And I think that's something that carriers have just done out of necessity because they don't have the drivers or the equipment to move it elsewhere. Um, and so expect delays when that happens. The other thing is interline versus non-interline. So mm -hmm. a lot of the national carriers might have a very large presence all across the country, but smaller carriers may rely on partners in certain geographies. And uh, that can be challenging because normally those partners are smaller local trucking companies that don't have uh, the technical systems or visibility that you might get with uh, a larger end-to-end -end provider. So it really just depends on the city if you're shipping out to rural Oregon, chances are any carrier you work with is going to have a, um, uh, an interline partner that handles that area just because they don't have enough volume there. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other regional players that in some major cities might re require a, an interline partner. And um, the reliability typically isn't the same when relying on another third party to hand it off to the carrier that you booked it with. <laughs> um, so that's just something to be aware of. Uh, ultimately, what I'm hearing a lot too is just details, 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 right? Like definitely you want to be measuring three times and cut once before you, before you send that box off. Yeah. These are all hard lessons that I had to learn. No one said, <laughs> right. what is an, I never thought to ask, you know, is this moving on an interline carrier right. or is this going to move on the rail? Uh, you know, all of these questions, you, you have to kind of get burned once to learn your lesson to be like, okay, <laughs> now I know for the next time I'm going to check for this. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if younger Max could, could be listening to this right now and, uh, what would you want to make sure that he knew, uh, or any other, anyone else knew about, uh, the experiences and, uh, just another hard lesson that you've had to learn. It's challenging. Cause I, on one hand, yeah, it's painful to go through those lessons. Uh, but on the other hand, I also wouldn't have had the idea for Coho had I not gone through those lessons. Oh, good so, answer. <laughs> so I don't know. There's no shortcut to learning these things. Sure, the only, right, the right. best thing, I probably would have asked more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably would have asked more people who were in my shoes that had businesses that were shipping regularly. But the challenge mm -hmm. is you also, you can't really go to your competitors and say, how do you ship your goods? <laughs> right. So there's there's not really a community of shippers that are sharing. There's no convention, the right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would really ask questions and find a provider that cares about your business.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, going forward, what would you say that the, I, I mean, LTL has gone through some changes this year because of the pandemic. Uh, it's a very unique um, service that is needed by a very unique kind of customer. What would you say are the lasting impacts that the pandemic will have on LTL going into the future? I think a lot more people are realizing the importance of LTL, uh, uh-huh. LTL freight. I think supply chain on a whole across the nation has really been elevated about how important it was, where before oh, yes. it was just kind of a behind the scenes thing. I think LTL is going to be more important for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I don't think e-commerce is going to slow down anytime soon. So Mm-mm. people are going to continue to buy things online. To me, that seems like a fairly safe bet. Yep. With that, you're going to have larger items that are shipped. People order a sofa, people order uh, a piece of machinery online. That stuff mm-hmm. has to get shipped somehow. And that's more freight that is going to be in the, the LTL network. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's certain capacity strains. Like I mentioned, there's no easy flip of the switch for these things to go away. And so I think we'll see a lot of carriers rethink their their networks and see what kind of freight do I want to handle? How do I price that freight? Um, what, you know, how do people interact with my business? Do they, do I get more bookings online? Do I become much more dynamic in my capacity? Do I provide greater visibility? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what all those things look like right now, but I think that's something that the pandemic has really accelerated is these carriers having to rethink um, their digital footprint of how they do it. Because a lot of the carriers, uh, yes, in LTL, we're fortunate. You can get quotes online, you can book online, you can do many of these things through uh, APIs. There's still a lot of the parts of the puzzle that are not available digitally. Um, If you want to change an address, if you want to get a copy of the invoice, if you want to pay, um, those things aren't quite automated yet. And I think uh, the pandemic has shown that we will see an acceleration of these items. And I think another thing, too, is like the wisdom of someone on the other side of the screen helping you along as you are trying to figure this stuff out. Like if I were to go and try to book a shipment, I'm sure I would have a ton of questions. So it is very comforting to know that there would be someone on the other side who's able to guide me through it. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time today, Max, uh, talking me through this. If there was uh, if anyone wanted to get into touch with you or have more questions, learn more about Coho or, or your th- your thoughts on things or your thoughts on LTL, uh, where would you direct them? Yes. So we've designed the platform to be as self-service as possible. So mm-hmm. um, best place to start is gocoho.com. There's a sign up button in the upper right hand corner. Uh, if you, we're also here, if you want to talk to us, um, you can find the phone number on our site. Uh, you can also shoot us an email, fill out the form on our site. Um, we will get back to you super quickly because we know response times matter. Oh yeah. And, uh, but we also want to make it as easy that you can sign up, get a quote, book a shipment within minutes and Never have to talk to someone if you don't want to. (laughs) I appreciate it, Max. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expediters, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expediters.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.